2: known as the Cupid of Consciousness and the Fairy Godmother of Love. Ariel and her guests will share with you the secrets to finding and keeping the love of
3: your life, as well as ways to make your life a spiritual adventure. Join us now for a heart-opening and inspiring hour.
0: Hello, this is Barnett Bain and Sandy Stewart, and we are sitting in this afternoon for Arielle. We're here as guest hosts. Uh, we're thrilled to be here. Um, it's a privilege to sit in, uh, to fill in her very big shoes. And um, I am joined today by my uh, wife and partner of 31 years, Sandy Stewart.
3: Hi, Barnett.
0: Hey, Sandy. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. I'm good. I'm very excited to be on today. Um, I kind of twisted Ariel's arm, and here we are.
0: Well, you did a good job. I hope hope her arms recovered. (laughs) So there's so much to talk about today. There's so many interesting things going on. Uh, I noticed in the paper this morning um, that, uh, of course, it's graduation season, and there's there's all kinds of um, interesting people addressing the the classes of 2012, the commencement exercises. And I came across something. I'm not going to say who it is. Uh, It's a... Uh, It's a celebrity. Um, And the celebrity in his commencement talk said, I want your thoughts on this, Anne. To get where you're going, you have to be good. And to be good where you're going, you have to be darn good. And every once in a while, you'll succeed. Most of the time, you'll fail. And most of the time, the circumstances will be well beyond your control. Well, I thought that was a pretty, I thought that was a mouthful, that was quite a bit to say, and I have a feeling that you have some strong thoughts about it.
3: Well, uh, first of all, it says a lot about him, more than advice for the kids, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. Boy, really gives a clear picture of uh, of his beliefs. And, um, you know, when you have beliefs in one area, I have found, we have both found, I think, Barnett, that, we hold those beliefs in every area. So since we're going to talk a little bit about love today, if you take that conversation and you apply it to love, to get where you're going, you have to be good. And then what was the next part? And then, To get
0: where you're going, you have, have, to, be, be good. You have to be good. And to, and to be good where you're going, you have to be damned good. And then he says, every once in a while you'll succeed. Most of the time you'll fail. And most of the time, the circumstances will be well beyond your control. So as you say, Sandy, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. And um, you and I were talking earlier about wanting to focus this conversation today with with our listeners, uh, focus it on love and on relationship. And uh, how, when, in the spirit of how you do one thing, you do everything, how this advice uh, to the commencement class of 2012. How this lands, uh, vis-a-vis, um, the road that is rising to meet, uh, these graduates, uh, in, whether it's in their employment or whether it's, um, uh, with relationships, um, or, or loving relationships, however this unfolds, this, um, this advice, as you said, represents a particular kind of worldview and a mindset, and a heart set. And I'm not sure, well, actually, I'm. Uh, th- that's not absolutely accurate. I am pretty sure that uh, this is not the most uh, generous advice possible.
3: Well, first of all, I would say that the advice um, reeks of chauvinism
0: for me. We'll say a little more about that.
3: Uh to get where you're going, you have to be, and to stay where you're going, or however he put it, you have to be damn good. You know, that sa- sounds very much like competition. Sort of a command and control dominator model. Complete and competition. You have to be damn good. You have to be, in other words, you have to be better than everybody else. It's them or us, you know, and you, you may not always get there. Someone else may get there first. So it's a very chauvinistic view of the world. But, I, but what's really interesting to me is the last sentence. Uh, you, 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 well, these most of the time
0: become, you'll fail, he says, and, and, and most of the time the circumstances will be well beyond your
3: control. Okay, so if we apply this to a loving relationship, if we apply this to anything in life, um, my view is that it may be out of your control, but you are 100% responsible. And unless you can rise out of your character to respond from your authenticity, mm-hmm. um, then, yes, you are a victim and everything is happening to you. When you can take responsibility, let's say, in a relationship, and know that what uh, your partner is nearing to you is mm-hmm. a reflection of your own beliefs to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we tend to always focus on changing our partner. Mm-hmm. Instead of changing ourselves
1: mm-hmm. or
3: looking at ourselves, and if we look at ourselves and we're clear and honest and authentic and what's coming at us um, still doesn't feel right, then maybe the relationship's not right. But sure. it takes huge amount of responsibility um, moment to moment. I mean, I can say with our relationship of 31 years, th- this sounds like a cliche, but Truly, there are days when I look at you and I do not know you. It's as if I just met you and I get into problems with myself because I think I know you and I assume you should be behaving or responding in a certain way. And then you behave and respond in a totally certain way. And when I forget to be curious and say, wow, this is an evolving, changing person, Let's, let's ask some questions here and see what's going on.
0: Well, that's a that's a great point. Um, I mean, there's a distinction that you're bringing up here, uh, and relative to how um, this was put by the commencement speaker, most of the time you'll fail, mm. and most of the time the circumstances will be well beyond your control. Um, I understand, and I know you do too. We understand very well this um, worldview, um, and I have a lot of compassion for this worldview because there. Um, uh, there's so much of the time uh, I respond in the same way, and it is a it is a conditioning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's simply the momentum of so many years of of a certain kind of habituated conditioning. But there is, and I know listeners to uh, Ariel's program uh, are also functioning uh, in in quite a different uh, in quite a different paradigm. Uh, a paradigm um, that takes uh, uh, responsibility for everything that goes on, and not responsibility in the old sense of um, of who's to blame, but responsibility um, in the sense of the literal sense of owning the ability to respond to whatever the circumstances are, whatever the challenges are. We have we are empowered to recognize. Um, where we may be falling short and to acknowledge where we may be falling short and to forgive and to release the energy we have around falling short, forgiving the self, forgiving the other uh, around the circumstances, and then to um, move on. That is a very different response to the challenges of being alive, the challenges of living, than to um, accept that most of the time you will fail and that most of the time circumstances will be beyond your control.
3: Yeah, it's, kind of, it, it's a paradox, isn't it? Because circumstances are beyond our control and nothing is outside our consciousness.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an enormous <laughs> paradox. I mean, it's, it's, it is the uh, central paradox. Yeah. Uh, but, and paradoxes don't get solved. But they begin to resolve. They suddenly begin to resolve where things are, can be both true and untrue simultaneously. It's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. But if nothing else, um, in the uh, 32 years, I don't know if it's 31 or 32 years, I'm going to have to ask your mother.
3: Yeah, she knows. But, um, <laughs> Look in on the wedding all
0: album. the years that we've been together, uh, if, if there is one overarching lesson, it is that um, there is always the opportunity to respond to challenges and to breakdowns and to perceived failures, uh, to thoroughly own them, and to make uh, certain uh, internal choices that are then reflected in the circumstances uh, of the outer world. The whole... um, Human potential and metaphysical and spiritual growth communities—they—they um, they are all um, aligned towards gaining more and more authority, authorship, taking more and more responsibility for circumstances that seem to be beyond our—they may well be beyond our control, but they are never beyond our ability to respond.
3: You know, I think. With when it comes to a conversation of love, Barnett, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's another really big important piece.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, if I didn't really feel the bond that I feel with you, it, I think that that bond is the thing that gives me the safety to respond moment to moment. And I don't always respond. With elegance, sometimes more, sometimes with less. But um, at the core, in order to really be alive in a relationship where you're willing to experiment and, and, and look into the mirror that the other person puts up for you, etc., that bond has to be so solid that you know no matter what, no matter what you have to respond to, in your relationship or in your world together,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, that that is unbreakable, and that takes that takes some time. Um, that that that's like wine, you know. That bond is like wine. It really does take time to know that beyond a shadow of, of a doubt, I am loved, I am lovable. There's nothing I can do that will. Um, you, it definitely is lots of things I can do and do-do that make you very angry, and there's times when you don't like me, and there's times when I really don't like you. Do-do, you. Is the
0: right, do-do is the right word for that. That is the right languaging for that, oh. is the do-do. The do-do? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it, and seriously, though, it, what you're speaking to is um, involves the building. Do you do-do do, do do do
1: like poo-poo do-do?
0: Like poo-poo do-do, Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the building of trust is a big piece of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, trust takes uh, some time to be... Trust is earned mm-hmm. um, on both sides of any relationship, and uh, it takes uh, some time and some focus and some commitment, committed attention to build it. And the, um, the irony of it is that it can be uh, smashed to pieces in a moment mm-hmm. by one act. Unlike love, love is spacious enough to hold, um, to hold disappointments and failures and betrayals. Trust uh, sometimes can, but it can also it can yeah. also shatter. Yeah. I, I want to just throw out another thing, Sen. Here's another one that I I uh, clipped. Another speaker uh, at a commencement speech at another institution. He says. Um, Things go wrong in life and in love and in business and in friendship and in health and in all the other ways that life can go wrong. And when things get tough, this is what you should do. Make good art.
3: Mm. Oh, beautiful.
0: So, yeah, I had the same response. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled and relieved that you that you, <laughs> that you had that response.
2: <laughs> <laughs> With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Isn't that incredible? I mean, that's so, that is so true. Things do uh, come up. Uh, Challenges do come up. And when challenges come up, um, make good art.
3: You know, it reminds me of that greeting card you have at
0: your desk. I was just about to to quote it. Okay. Um, the ultimate art is not the art that is, um, it is not made uh, with with hammer or paintbrush or clay or, or guitar. The ultimate art is, is becoming the artist of being alive. Oh, and that quote is so... Um, Stunning and beautiful, and the Sandy you just said—it um, it, was—I received it on a greeting card from you, actually, yes. probably about a dozen or more years ago, and it has been on my desk uh, ever since to remind me that the response to all challenge is uh, to make good art, to make um, to make beauty to uh, contribute to the artfulness of what it is to be alive in the world. So um, two incredibly uh, polar opposites, two speakers saying essentially uh, giving advice around the same Mm -hmm. issues of the challenge. What's also interesting is there's a, a current that's running underneath these things. And the current is that life will be hard.
3: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: And that and that that's how it should be, and, and and that that is how you learn. There's a kind of a there's a kind of a tiredness to it, and it's not a, it's not really a cynicism because it's so
3: ingrained, but, I think but it I, is limiting. I, and I think I think I'm not sure, but I think that that is part of the chauvinism that I was talking about before. That doesn't sound like. The message of the goddess. <laughs> mm-hmm. The message of the goddess has a lot more flow mm-hmm. and movement and um, uh, astonishment and it, it, to me. But that struggle and curiosity of, and curiosity.
0: Yes, it's a very feminine, yeah. very feminine trait. It, this curiosity that lies in wait, making the space and holding the boundary for something as yet. To
3: yeah become
0: pregnant with what is yet to be born through you
3: mm-hmm.
0: that um requires a, a, a tremendous humility that um undermines uh, it undermines decisions and attitudes and beliefs that revolve around the hard how hard life is so I think you're absolutely right it, it, that that those are um, those come from a culture that is a little bit overly identified. Some may say a lot overly identified with will and with action, and that this and this that dismisses uh, imagining, feeling, connecting as um, as less worthy, less valuable. Um, um, it kind of dismisses them in in a hierarchical thing. And since those are the energies that are. Um, feminine. I don't mean female or masculine, male mm-hmm. or female, I mean feminine energies of, of generations of creativity. To the degree, as you point out, uh, to the degree that we're holding that in any sort of hierarchy in our own consciousness, in our own mind, is to the degree that we are buying into a certain chauvinism that elevates doing uh, over being and since it is being that it gives rise to all innovations and all creativity and all new possibility, then that chauvinism, in addition to being violence to women and castrating men, shuts down um, possibility, uh, new forms, innovation across
1: the board.
3: Well, and I think um, that that's one of the reasons I'm hopeful in this 2012 time, I, I, as, as all the old um, structures are crumbling around us, um, I'm very, very hopeful because I think that the new generation, our daughter's generation, she, our daughter's 24, um, understands something from what what we have gone through, men and women have gone through. I know for myself, um uh, it, um, part of the generation of um, the, the women's libbers and burning my bras and, and all of that, um, we it was very important for us to, to be heard and have a voice, but we didn't know how to have a voice. Our only model for having a voice was our male role models, so we did it very much in our three-piece suits, very much like you guys did it, and um, denied big parts of our true feminine um talents uh, of intuition and creativity and and heartfulness and um, and I think that this generation and, and it's and it's developmental you know we had to do that that was the only way we knew how to express ourselves and as many of us have gotten older and began to understand that we really killed a big part of our authentic wholeness by, Playing that role and are getting more and more in touch with our true individual powers, separate and different from men, equal Mm -hmm. but separate and different. The younger generation seems to understand that. I see our daughter with a level of power and femininity simultaneously, um, a much more um, balanced uh, kind of. Um, way of looking at things. So, you know, I see her with more confidence going into her life, following her passions and dropping some of the uh, chauvinist ideas about what success really is. You know, I'm thinking when when these commencement speakers are talking to these children, basically, young adults, about success, what in their mind is success? What What are they even... What are they holding as success when they're trying to give this, be inspiring? What are they inspiring these young people towards? Is well, it, what, You can really tell in, the, in those two different speeches, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think we, we know the, um, the metrics by which people uh, have traditionally measured success. Yeah. Um, it's measured by um, power, status. Money. Mm-hmm. It's measured um, by uh, how things
3: look to other people
0: rather than how they feel to yourself. Yes, outside validation, yeah. outside um, outside validation, and outside uh, authority figures. And um, there's that. There's a. There used to be a sign when I first moved to Los Angeles many years ago. There was a sign on Santa Monica Boulevard above a car dealer, and it said giant billboard. And um, uh, whoever dies with the most toys wins.
1: <laughs> oh so, and,
0: and I remember um, at the time desperately uh, wanting some toys,
3: mm-hmm.
1: being
0: very toy short.
3: <laughs> but you were so cute, and you had the best clothes. <laughs> and that's really all that matters, right? <laughs> how you look?
0: How I look? How you I, I look? Very cute. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the other side of that coin, the, uh, the more, um, seasoned, the more, um, matured, are the developmental next step beyond, um, uh, gathering the most acorns you possibly can in order to ensure, um, safety, security, uh, status, all of those things. I mean, that is being shown in real time in our in our relationships, and in our communities, and in our countries, and in our world, as being um, ineffective today. Mm-hmm. This this is not a recipe for being alive and vital and um, involved in the world. That that simply is an old operating system that um, is is bringing is crashing the computer. It's bringing it's bringing it down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: it's not going to what got us here is not going yes. to is not going to take us any further
3: and isn 't that true for everybody individually that we know anyway I know for yeah. myself for you what got us here worked great, and if we don 't stop it it 's going to kill us yeah and it 's time for something really new to uh, emerge
0: well um there's been a tremendous tremendous um, tremendous change both in the uh, outer world over the last um 10 years and um in me personally and i know i know in you personally so let me ask you a question how were you different 10 years ago
3: oh brother how was i different 10 minutes ago barnett <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's squarely that's cheat.
3: No, no, no. I'll answer the question, but but that's what it feels like, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. time is, you know, what what worked last week may not work oh. <laughs> this week. Yeah. Um, but let me think. I'm going to try to um, direct it, particularly in our relationship, since I think that our. Uh, I'll
0: take it a little farther back. Uh, Thirty-two know. years ago, when I met you. I remember that your shoes were always scuffed. Uh, you were a businesswoman. You, you ran a big company called um, Bugle Boy Jeans, and you were very much out in the world in what at the time was very much a man's world, and you had scuffed shoes. And we used to joke that you've got these shoes kicking your way through life. Yeah. So it was very, very much a, um, a power over others or be overpowered by others kind of worldview.
3: And, and, and even bigger than that, what I have learned to discover is that um, that's what I needed to do in order to believe mm-hmm. I deserved love. So if I worked hard enough, if I made lots of money, and I could potentially take care of everybody in my world, mm-hmm. then I would be lovable. And I didn't know then that i was just lovable for who i am not for what i do but for who i am i didn't know that at all because frankly i didn't really know who i was
0: so you would have been um you would have been the perfect audience and me too at that time the perfect audience for um that first speaker who said uh, most of the time it will be all beyond your control, and so you better um, yeah. you better really get good so that you can dominate so you yeah. can crush it
3: yeah 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 and um,
0: So what about now? Well What's what, love now?
3: What, what love is now and I was th- and, and that's why I said ten minutes ago because I didn't know this ten years ago, but I know something I just discovered something huge. I hope it translates because it's you know sometimes those huge things are, are very personal. But um, if you take your fingers and you put them together, you interlace your fingers and you kind of put your palms of your hand together and you interlace your fingers and your just your palms are just mushed together mm-hmm. and your fingers are mushed mushed melted together. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought love was, and that's what I... Losing
0: yourself in somebody else.
3: That's what I thought I wanted to feel with you. Like, true love is when I'm inside you, and I'm, we're just mushed, 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 mushed. And that um, didn't work out so well for a lot of years, maybe like 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it worked out great, but for me personally, and just recently... I looked at my hands and I folded my knuckles down and made a fist and I put the two fists together and I went, wow, that's what love is. Two people with boundaries coming together. None of this interlacing, mushy, mushy stuff, syrupy stuff that I thought, it went by syrupy, I mean melty stuff that I thought it was. If I take my fist, and I gently put them together so that all my fingers are touching. That feels strong and connected and beautiful. Because first, I'm strongly connected to myself. I am here. And I know my boundary. So that when you say to me, like two nights ago, oh you know what, my stomach's upset.
2: I can
0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some
2: serious prizes. Ch- Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Feel the urge to go, oh my gosh, what should I get him? Should I get him the next bomb accord? Should I get him this remedy, that remedy, that remedy? And if, and if I can fix you... Then you'll be better, and then if you're better and I fix you successfully, I'll be okay. That's kind of how I lived my life. Mm -hmm. Now there's this boundary, and you can say, oh, my stomach isn't feeling too well, and I can remember that you're a grown man and you know where the remedies are kept in the house because you've lived here for quite a long time, Mm -hmm. and I don't have to abandon myself. I don't have to lose myself into fixing you. I don't have to get my head of okayness because now you're okay. I can stay in the discomfort of my loved one not feeling well. It's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm sorry you don't feel well. That, that's uncomfortable for me. I love you and I want you to be healthy. But I know my boundary, and I'm staying here. As a friend of mine once said, I'm not getting in your tar pit. I got my own, and there's lots of muck and guck in here. And if I stick around in here, I'm going to learn a lot more about life and how to make myself happy. And when I do that, then the ability for me to be happy with you, not not you making me happy, but the ability for me to be happy with you is immense. And I have experienced... Moments of that. I can't say I live in this place where my, where my boundaries are clear. Not at all. I don't live in this place yet. But I'm beginning to experience it. And when I experience it, it's, oh my gosh, this is how it feels to be in love with me. To love myself enough to not abandon myself when I need myself the most. If I stay here, then I can love from my authentic heart and not leak and melt all over you and do what I need to do to mold you into being well so that I can go, okay, I'm okay now.
0: So you could feel safe. So I could
3: feel safe. And the freedom in that, the freedom in the moment where I can just say, okay, this is his stuff. I don't even have to respond. I'm going to just remove myself from the room right now, not in hostility, not in anger, just." I honor you, I love you, and this is your tar pit, and I'm not jumping in. I'm staying here, and that's how I choose to love you in this moment. And in the moments where I have done it, you feel it. I see you feel it because you actually then come to me moments later and put your arms around me. There's a space and a place for our boundaries to meet because I'm not inundating you and suffocating you by fixing you with an expectation that you better get fixed, and then when you don't get fixed, I'm pissed off. <laughs> you know, it's so much cleaner. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
3: So that's not exactly answering the question about 10 years ago, because I didn't know this 10 years ago. Um, I've only really... It sort of answers
0: this. the question. It, it sort does. of does, because, as you say, you didn't know this 10 years ago,
3: and 10 years ago, um,
0: we both... Uh, devoted much more attention and energy towards making ourselves uh, feel safe and feel secure, and feel that we matter and feel that we belong. Um, right by right. Um, by becoming overly involved in ways that are not truly uh, giving and responding and respecting, but are in some way. Uh, and I know we're going to get a mail about this, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. But are some are often a manipulation, um, or a sense of um, of obligation, or a sense of um, of feeling threatened. So they, it is often a reaction to um, to what is going on in another person's life um, in, in the relationship more so than it is a. Uh, a response. That's certainly so very true, has been very true for, for me.
3: So you're saying that rather than, uh, I'll use the your stomach ache as a, a, an example, yeah. rather that it's really not a loving a- act when I run to get the remedies to fix you. It's really a selfish act because I need you to be okay for me to be okay. And it's a loving act to give you the space to have a stomach ache. It's okay. You're allowed. Well, and I can... I can hold the love, and if you ask me, do you have a remedy, of course I can respond. Is that what you're saying, honey? Yes,
0: and you know, it's a very fine line, and it's per every individual. Um, and per every issue, per you know, every moment issue, to moment. And yeah. per every uh, issue. Um, it invo- it, it, when we only look at it um, at how it plays out as a script um, on the surfaces of things, uh, then we can fool ourselves into thinking, no, I am being really loving, I'm giving, I'm responding, I'm respecting, I'm knowing, I'm making another feel safe, and I'm reducing the threat of them feeling um, uh, fearful or humiliated, or however, all the kinds of components and energies of love. But we rarely take the moment to look below and see what the agenda is. If that's the agenda, then can I get you something for your upset stomach? uh, Is a loving response. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: If If uh, I'm impatient, or I'm angry, or I have uh, feelings of obligation, or instead of being um, a spouse of 31, 32 years, uh, you're playing the mother role or something, Mm -hmm. or I start to father you instead Mm -hmm. of being your partner, Mm -hmm. that is um, not the uh, that is not the cutting edge of who we can be for ourselves and who we can be for each other. So it's it's a little more subtle. I'm not making any sort of black and white generalizations here.
3: I, got, I think I got it really... Cl- I think we'll, this is what you're talking about. Um, the other night, uh, just to give a little background, our daughter, who's 24, uh, calls us for advice from time to time, relationship advice. More time to time than we would like <laughs> because she's not in the best of her relationship. Anyway, she would call me for advice and I would say things to her and then you know I asked her to call you because I didn't sort of want to talk about it anymore with her there was I, I really what didn't feel good to talk to her about it and so she called you and I was in the room and you were talking to her and you were giving very similar advice that I had given the week before but there was a huge difference when I gave the advice I really had an agenda which, underly, which underlined which uh, underlined my advice which said This is what's going on, and you should get out of there. When you were giving her advice, I really felt that your agenda was to help her discover as much as she could about herself, regardless of what she did in the relationship, and that was a loving act. Whereas when I was giving advice, and the reason I had to say, hey, you know, I can't give you advice anymore because this isn't feeling good, is because I wasn't truly... Being generous in my advice, I was going for my agenda, and that's all I really cared about.
0: Well, you're making a, a fantastic uh, point here. The difference is, um, the difference is that I am no longer her daddy.
1: Mm-hmm. This is an
0: adult woman, and so I have to uh, remind myself constantly that uh, there's a different energy that is appropriate here. That um, my My responsibility, my my opportunity now, is to um, make a space large enough for her to have her own life, Mm -hmm. and to um, to be a mentor when asked, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but not to um, not to overwhelm or not to insist, and certainly not to um, impart my perspective that has. With any judgments attached to how she's doing it, and this is um, this is not a uh, simple task to perform. Um, it's one of the great it's one of the great uh, challenges, and one of the challenges that I take most pride in because that conversation that you're referring to, that was a triumph uh, for me. That was an achievement. Uh, It was so generous. It came out of my character. It came out of who I want, who I've been wanting to become, who have, at one point, you know, I asked the question before, how are you different 10 years ago? 10 years ago, I would not have been able to perceive or conceive that I would be able to relate to my daughter, uh, as a fantastic young woman, uh, who I love and who I mentor more so than do it my way.
3: Mhm. Well, and and it really came across as loving. I felt how loving you were, and it mirrored to me how really unloving I was when I was giving the same advice with with an agenda, that that's not a gift, that that that's more of a pressure. Like, this is this is what's going on, and this is what you should do, and if you don't do it, not only are you screwed up for being in this relationship, but you're screwed up for disappointing me as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, and there was none of that. So it was a beautiful, loving act. And then um, to apply that to our relationship, you know, I'm sure that I know when I speak to our daughter and she's in that state, There's real discomfort, and that's why I want to fix it. I don't want to feel that discomfort because it triggers my own way back stuff. It's got not even a lot to do with her. You are able to sit in the discomfort and generously love her by asking her to go on a deeper exploration about her and what worked for her and what didn't work for her and what her dreams are. And when we can do that with each other, that feels like we have the newness of being married for one year with the intimacy of 32 years. And that balance is the most exciting. Those are the most exciting moments for me in our relationship when there's, when I am really doing something, something I've done a million times, but I'm doing it now totally differently, mm-hmm. and you're responding totally differently. And even when I look at your face and that happens, It's as if we're 20 years younger and we're just meeting, and it's thrilling, yet we have this intimacy and the safety and the bond that we talked about earlier to really go on an exploration. And it's so fantastic, and I'm so, so grateful. And um, I'm so grateful for that, um, the way you modeled that the other night, because since then, when I've spoken to her, I've gone into it with the intention of what is really loving her here? Loving her here is helping her discover more of herself. And I was able to have a conversation like that after your conversation, and I got off the phone and it was Wow, that was fabulous. Not to say 20 minutes later I didn't go into eh, but she should get out of that relationship. But then I could say to myself, okay, that's just an interruption. That's your knee-jerk reaction. Stay in the generosity of the love. How good does that feel?
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, is it ever the case that love is not enough? Um, and if so, when would that be? When, when would love not be enough?
3: Okay. Sometimes love is always enough. Again, it's a paradox. How come you're asking all the questions? By the way, I will answer this question. but I'm just realizing I'm you're faster, answering all the questions.
1: I'm, I'm faster than you. You are
3: because <laughs> you, you have can, your own radio show. You know how to do this. <laughs> you, can, you can ask. You can ask me any. Okay, let. No, 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 no. I, wanna ask, I wanna want to I want to answer that question because I think that it's an interesting conversation. Um, love is always enough, but yet. I cannot love you whole. Love is not enough to love the other person whole. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. I cannot love your wounds. I cannot love your pains. I can ease them by loving you and being generous, but you have to go in and do the work to whether it's dealing with your inner child or your adolescent or whatever. I can't do that by loving you. You have to be willing to do the deep dive and go to the level of discomfort and do the healing that needs to be healing. Love is enough when we love ourselves. It's not always enough when we love the other person. Is that what so, okay?
0: so true, so true. Um, as you're speaking, it occurred to me there may be uh, more... Areas in which, uh, and instances in which love is not enough, but one of them it has to do with the fear of loss. Yeah. And the fear of separations. Love um, deeply. The first love, the first um, fear that comes up is that you will lose the love. Right. And in that case, love is not enough.
3: To deal with the fear, you mean?
0: Uh, yes, there's, to, to deal with the fear that you're going to lose the love. Right,
3: right, right. In that right. case,
0: love is not a, is not enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and as you say, it's a paradox, um, and that paradox eventually um, becomes resolved. But when I contemplate uh, the idea of losing you, uh, I am nowhere near um, um, experiencing any sense, perceiving any sense of the resolution of of that. Of that paradox, it simply is um, a gaping hole of, of fear that exists, and I hold it, I'm not defined by it, um, but I am aware of it, mm-hmm. I'm aware of it. And then uh, love is not enough, but uh, commitment and courage and confidence and self-respect uh, and honesty and vulnerability uh, the willingness to express that to you, they don't um, eliminate the, the that fear, um, but they do uh, mitigate it somewhat.
1: Mhm.
3: Mhm. So you wanted to ask
0: a question? Go ahead.
3: Oh no, gosh. <laughs> now I'm putting you on the spot. I know you are putting you on the spot. Um, okay. Uh, well, while What you... is the best yeah. gift I ever gave you?
0: the best gift you ever gave me. I know the best gift I gave you.
3: (laughs) What was that? The
0: best gift I ever gave you. And
3: it's because this is not not an X-rated answer, right? No,
0: no. This gift was so good. I spent, uh, you remember this one. Oh, I know. I bought a journal. I bought a really beautiful leather back journal. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I spent one year, an entire year, and I wrote every day. I wrote something that I loved about you, Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes when we were fighting, I would write, uh, I love how we make up, uh, and I love how you fight. I love how it's uh, no holds barred, Mm -hmm. and um, at the end of the year, I had 365 pages filled of of all of the ways that I uh, love you and all of the ways that I love dealing with the difficulty of giving and receiving love when, when I have those days too. Mm. Um, and, uh, some of the less obvious reasons why I love and some of the less obvious reasons why I don't want to, um, let into love. And it was, a it was a gorgeous experience to uh, create that. And, um, it was a wonderful experience to present that to you.
3: And, you know, it's... Uh, and I do
0: remember the best gift that you gave me.
3: But just let me say something before you go on to my gift. That that gift, even when you speak it now, my eyes are watering, my heart is full, my breath is deep. And uh, when they talk about gifts that keep on giving, all you had to do was mention it, and my heart just flew open. So, And it's next to my bed. Um, in my drawer, and I haven't looked at that for a while, and I'm going to look at it again. It would be especially good to look at at those moments when I really hate you. <laughs> when was that? That's never.
0: No, oh, never, no. never, 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 never. Well, I remember okay. the best gift The best gift you gave me. Okay. One year, um, I got a shoebox, and uh, when I took off the lid of the shoebox, there was bark from a tree in there, and there were, like, evergreen, and, which I remember and there was a whole companion document that explained what these talismans and uh, and sigils and how they related to our life together uh, and how they related to what you thought of me and the bark was uh, a bear, came from a birch tree and it was very soft and um, in a gorgeous pale color and um, and very layered and very intricate and yet at the same time it provided um, structure and comfort and warmth for the tree and Mm-hmm. You um, you said that that reminded you of of me, and there were um, it was it was in the heart of winter. We were up in northern British Columbia at the time, and there was a lot of snow around, and, and
3: you know, not many stores to buy
0: no Christmas stores. presents. <laughs> there was uh, evergreen um, needles in there that you said reminded of of the the, the newness that always kept fresh, even in even in the dead of winter, when nothing seemed to be alive, there was still this, the, the, the beating energy of, of this living tree going through the needles. And so there was this entire box of treasures that you had collected and that you had written about. That was, that was the best gift I'd ever received.
3: Mm. Yeah, I remember giving you that. I remember go, walking through the woods and collecting um, everything, and uh, what a beautiful, beautiful experience that was. That was really a fun experience. Good. Okay, you can ask another question now. I <laughs> give you well, Now. question. Uh, but maybe
0: you'll answer okay. it first. Why is it that, you know, you and I, we have other challenges in life. Um, everybody has comes in, and, and we come in with a, a number of agendas, uh, to particularly, well, everyone, but they're particularly specific in the community that's among the community that's listening to this show. To learn how to consciously create success for ourselves, for our loved ones, for our world—that is one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To love and to grow, consciousness is always looking uh, for the oneness. Mm-hmm. So that's another agenda, and then we have particular agendas. But one of one of our agendas. Um, that, that came very easily is how to find uh, love
1: mm-hmm. and how
0: to generate it, how to sustain it. Um, so why do you think it is so hard um, oftentimes for, for folks to find love?
3: Well, you know, we do, as you say, this community, we're all working on ourselves. Um, but we come in with a lot of patterning and we're given a lot of examples that are called love but aren't love. Like I just spoke of earlier, you know, to me it was love to be mushed with you and take care of, take care of you and, you know. Codependent. Sort of codependent. But, you know, but, and I would say, but I'm just loving you. That's how I love you. And, and that's how I was taught to love you. So that was the only way I knew how to love until what got me this far just didn't work anymore, and I had to change. And um, so I think that that's one of the reasons it's so difficult. We haven't been given a lot of modeling, and um, we're making... In a lot of ways, I think that you and I are making a map for a relationship every day because we don't know where we're going. We don't know what we're doing. I'm just fortunate enough to have a partner that's willing to do the dance with me. I would say you're fortunate to have a partner that will do the dance with you because you're actually the one in the relationship that keeps wanting to look under every rock and examine. You know, I used to make a joke and say, Jesus Christ life with Freud, isn't a cigar just ever a cigar? And you go, no, it's never a cigar, so what's going on with you? And you would force me to sit down and deal and be honest and clear things up and communicate. And, and that's unusual to have, I think, a man that's, that's willing to do that or wants to do that or needs to do that. I think that that's usually more a feminine quality, so it may be hard for women to find men that um, they can have that sort of best friend feeling with uh, and and we think that we need we think that we need um, our partner to fulfill that and be everything in our lives and the truth of the matter is we don't we have to start giving more and more to ourselves this is sort of a long, Way around to say no, that I, I totally get it. That once we start giving it to ourselves, once we start taking care of our needs, none of us love ourselves enough to love somebody else. You
0: know that is beautifully put. Um, we are running out of time, my love. Oh, and, um, so I want to um, first of all, I want to uh, thank our listeners uh, yes, for allowing you. us to uh, for continuing on with us, and I want to thank. Uh, our dear friend, Ariel Ford, for inviting us to co-host. Uh, Arielle will be back next week. She's away. Um, she's prepping a very, very exciting event. Oh, it will begin July 10th. It's a free online series called Attract Your Soulmate Now. And she'll be gathering the world's leading experts on love and relationships for a, little, a week or eight days to share their love, manifestations, secrets, and all their techniques. And um, so I urge you to uh, look at that. You can, it's all free, and you can sign up now at www.lovesummit.com.
3: And where can we hear more of you, Barnett?
0: Oh, I love you for that. My <laughs> wife and publicist. Yes. publicist. Um, I also have a radio show called Cutting Edge Consciousness on KKZZAM in Southern California, Talk Radio. And I invite you to um, join us there. Um, we're also, we can be found at cuttingedgeconsciousness.com as well as on YouTube and on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and I hope that you will come see us there at Cutting Edge Consciousness on Facebook and like us. We like to be liked. And um, in addition to KKZZAM, we are also, uh, as of the next week, um, will be available on Unity Online as well. Um, we are tremendously grateful for um being here today we had a a fabulous time did you enjoy yourself
3: you know what i love i love it's like we're sitting home on the couch talking and i hope that this made sense to some other people it made a lot of sense to me but this is our conversation and it's really fun to share our conversation with uh with others so i I really i really do enjoy talking to you what can i say
0: yeah this is sort of a 24 7 conversation that we have, isn't it i mean it's it's amazing.
3: Yeah. Sometimes the octave goes a little higher. Sometimes the voices get a little louder.
1: It gets a little shrill. It gets
3: a little shrill. The doors do slam. But um, these are the most fun moments when my heart is open, and I'm just so grateful that you are my husband.
0: Well, I love you. I thank uh, all of our listeners today. And um, look for us uh, on cuttingedgeconsciousness.com. And Arielle will be back with you here on Clear Conscious Media.
3: Are you free for dinner?
0: I am. You got plans? I'll see you then. Okay,
3: bye now. Bye. You've been listening to Big Love with Ariel Ford. Join Ariel next time for more secrets to finding and keeping the love of your life and ways to live life as a spiritual adventure. For more information, you can visit her website at www.arielford.com.
2: you babies born in the sign of gemini the twins whether it's the egyptians romans or greeks there is a bit of controversy over who these twins are no matter the common denominator their life quest is to reconcile the opposing forces within and bring internal harmony so gemini this is your time in the sun Gemini's ruling planet is Mercury. Mercury is neither masculine nor feminine, but neutral. It is silver, reflecting all that it contacts. The more aspects you have to Mercury in your chart, the greater and more complex your consciousness. In the physical body, it rules the nervous system, the arms, hands, and shoulders, the lungs, and the respiratory tract. So whether you're a Gemini sun or have other planets in Gemini, it will all depend on its position in your chart and the house it resides. This will indicate whether your mind or attention is focused. So, between the dates of May 21st and June 20th, be prepared for Gemini to be amplified and have fun.
1: Become friends with
0: Contact Talk Radio on Facebook. Log in today and get updates and program information straight to your Facebook newsfeed.